We are at a time in this crisis where a lot of us are starting to lose loved ones. We at The Gentle Caress want to dedicate this episode to those we have lost. And to our family that are dealing with this virus, we are here for you and we love you. Rest in peace to our cousin James. This has really hit home for us as well. Okay, my name is Ray. And I'm T. Parker. We are the founders of The Gentle Caress. That is thegentlecaress.com, your top source for mental and physical health. How was that? Great. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, welcome to the Caress the Mind podcast. This is the podcast just to help you ease your mind throughout these times and, and just help you get through the everyday mental struggles that we deal with. What else were we talking about, T? Relationships, sex, mm, I like family, that. friends, politics. Yes, yes. Did I mention relationships? You did say Who relationships. Who wants that perfect <laughs> love story anyway? Yes. Anyway. So this is what we got to deal with. Cliche, cliche, <laughs> cliche, cliche. All right. So allow us to caress your mind. Come follow. We want to caress the mind in this episode of those that are losing loved ones and or those that are dealing with the thought of losing a loved one because they are affected by the COVID-19 or something else may be causing them to be in a position where they may be losing their life. So, T, yes. um, right now here in Michigan, we are at, as I read two seconds ago, we are at the death rate of 845 people that has been pretty much, their, their lives have been lost due to the COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um I know me personally, I just found out a cousin of mine who was kind of like an uncle when I came around. He was a good good guy, really good guy, all about family. Um, he just lost his life due to COVID-19. Um, and also, I have an aunt that is fighting it as well, along with another aunt. So it's really hitting close to home. And it's it's showing you how serious it is out here. Uh, and of course, people, if you're listening to this, please, if you don't have to leave the house, stay home. Please stay home. I mean, because at this point, people are constantly being out, which does nothing but prolong this whole COVID-19 and it going away. Absolutely. I get so irritated when I'm constantly seeing... People out and people like want to have gatherings. I can't tell you how many times I've either seen or heard someone want to have a gathering. And it's like, for what? Keep your tail in the house yeah, so that we can get through this, so that this can be done. Because yeah. while you're out here trying to throw gatherings and everything else, you're not doing anything but prolonging this whole situation, this whole pandemic. Right. Keep your ass at home. And just let it surpass. Yeah. And I know it's it's tough when 
you have to go to the grocery store. But I mean, those are those are essentials. I'm strictly talking about like you feeling need to, you know, throw a party, you know, you feeling need to go over a friend's house during these times. Okay, FaceTime them. Yeah, do a virtual gathering and. You don't need to go over people's houses, not right now. Cause this is this is getting serious. It's hitting close to home, and it hitting it, it it didn't hit close to home to a lot of people out there that I've been seeing, and it's tough. Uh, I'm I just I can't um, I can't count the many times I've seen somebody over social media saying, "Pre please pray for such and such. Please you know keep my family in your prayers." You know, because they have a family member going through it, or they've lost a loved one. It's 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 rough to see. So we felt like this is a time where we really need to do an episode and kind of use our our background and our research and and and, and education on mental health to kind of help guide those those people that are grieving and those that are. Um, dealing with the effects of having a loved one that's dealing with the COVID-19. Um, we just want to get kind of help you get through this. Um, if you've lost a loved one, we're going to take you through a series of ways that you can cope with the death of, of that loved one. So I guess it's a little bit easier for me to talk about because I have lost people that I consider family, but it's been a while since I've I've lost someone that was you know extremely extremely close to me. I think the last person that I can remember that did hit me was my grandmother back in college, and you know she had her set of underlying health issues already and. You know, so it wasn't much of a shock when we got the news, but it was more so one of them things like, damn, like there goes my only grandmother Mm -hmm. because my mother's mother, she passed away when I was born, the same year I was born or a year after um, one of them. But that was the last time I really felt somewhat affected because I'm like, damn, that's it. That's, I have no other grandmother. Um, so T I'm a, I'm a come to you because my father-in-law, your father, he passed away in 2016. And that really was, that was a tough time because that was far removed from not too far removed from your grandmother passing and your uncle passing. Mm -hmm. So kind of give me your, take me through how you were feeling during that time when he passed. It was kind of surreal just because he was stubborn. Um, he was the type where if you wouldn't answer your phone for him, when you go to call him, he wouldn't answer the phone. Mm-hmm. So that automatically sends you to like a sense of panic because you don't know 
is he okay? Did something happen to him? Or is he being petty? You know, like, so often I would call, he wouldn't answer. I would go over there. He's sitting in his wheelchair. And then I would get over there and I'm like, can you not answer your phone? Like, what's going on? And he's just so nonchalant about it. So when he actually did pass, it was kind of surreal because I'm like, he's actually gone. Mm-hmm. I, I was in shock at first. Like, I really, I honestly couldn't believe it because I'm like, okay, here he go again, not answering the phone. I left work. And I'm like, if I get over here and I find him in his same situation, I'm going to be pissed Mm -hmm. because, you know, I've been calling. My mom has been calling because she she sensed something wasn't right. My granddad finally called and said that um, he hadn't heard from my dad. And then one day you were just like, I'm going to just go over there. And I'm like, well, you can't get in. So I'll meet you there get over there and we and that's how we found him so yeah. it was it was it was devastating this, for one to see him like that but then two to finally realize like he's actually gone like he's not being petty this time yeah and it's you know and during that time me and you know me and your pops was so close so that hit me hard as well it just it was just one of them situations where, you know, it was to, you had to really know his situation to really get an understanding of where this could be heading. You know, he had already had a stroke. Um, and it was just one of them things where you just never know when it was going to happen. So always made it a mission to kind of always made sure I looked out for him and tried to help him out because you just never knew. And plus, you know, you're right. He was stubborn. But what ways did you find helped you kind of get over the grieving part of it? Mm. You know, that's really a good question, because at some at certain points, I still do. Um. One, me knowing that you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. Um, a lot of times he suffered from depression, which that was very obvious. Um, so when you would try in a system, he didn't want it. And it's so hard to try not to get emotional about it because you want to help, but you can't. Right. Um, and so I think that was like my biggest lesson I had to learn during that time. You can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. So that was your way of kind of helping yourself through the grieving aspect. You told yourself, well, I tried my best and I tried to help him as as much as I could, but he just, it was hard. It's hard to help somebody who don't want to be helped. Absolutely. So I tried to get him to, he lived on his own. I tried to get him to go into assisted living because he was in a wheelchair. So his condo that he had, he wasn't even utilizing the second floor. So I'm like, let's, you know, let's try and get you to a single level, a single level 
um, assistant living to where you're still living on your own, but you have assistance when you need it. He wasn't going for it. And I knew it was going to be a hassle because he was still in his right mind, but I think he also had dementia. So when it came down to the point of trying to get him to move into assistant living, I knew he wasn't going to want to sign over or, you know, sell his condo. Um, when we did like an intervention type with a social worker um, and close family who was very close to him, his father, me, you, my mom, um, his cousin, his girlfriend, like when we all did an intervention, he just completely shut down. Yeah. And I knew then there was no helping him, nor was he going to sign or even agree to sell his condo. Yeah. So because of that, I dragged my feet and I didn't push as hard as I guess I could have. But could I have really pushed hard? Yeah, it's, he... it, was, it was tough because me firsthand witnessing the situation is just hard to help someone that's kind of for lack of a better way to say it, stuck in their ways. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you're if you're so used to doing things one way and then now you done lost that power and your life is pretty much put in somebody else's hands to handle. You know, it's it's one of them hard pills to swallow. You know, and I try I've, I've always tried to put myself in his shoes, but you know, the you know, it's it's one of them things where when you also see where this is heading, it's just, it, it's tough, but I definitely understand. I mean, you know what? A lot of people cope different in different ways. And, you know, and I actually, that's, that's kind of a good way to cope. You kind of tell yourself like, Hey, I've, I've put a hundred percent in trying to help. And we've had interventions. We tried to help him get into assistant living that way he's not by himself and he's in a better situation, but you know, it's hard when, you know, two is not willing to tango. So here we are and, you know, we've lost them. And of course we miss them definitely, but you know, it's just one of those situations where you had to find your own coping mechanism so, you know, I just wanted to, I wanted her to shine some light on, on that because, you know, when we got together, she lost her grandmother, then she lost her father. And, you know, it was, it was, it was a rough stretch there. It wasn't exactly back to back though. My grandma passed away in 2009, along with my uncle, which is my father's brother. Um, that was a month apart. And then he passed away in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't back to back, but I would say those are three losses that kind of hit home or were close. Yeah. So I felt it was important that she kind of shine a light on that. And Okay. So for those that has lost a loved one, whether in the past or currently due to the COVID-19 or due to any other issues, we want to help you get through that pain. So what's important about what's important about this is that we want you to be able to 
grieve, but at the same time, grieve in a way where you are still functioning because it's so easy for you to grieve, but fall into a level of depression that you don't want to be in. Because one thing you don't want to do is grieve a loved one and then also deal with your own mental health issue. So, which can easily happen from the grieving process. And then we're going to show you what ways that you can use to help you get through the grieving process. So, you're probably thinking, how can I deal with this type of pain? Like, this is a pain that I never dealt with before, or I've dealt with this pain one too many times. How do I get through this? And how long does it take? Well, first and foremost, um, one thing you have to remember that the, the grieving period, it can last for days, it can last for weeks, it can, it can even last for years. But our objective is to get you through this pain, but still also keeping your mental health at the same time, because easily you can grieve so bad that you can fall into a level of depression that you've never been, been to. So imagine grieving a loved one, already feeling the different emotions that you're feeling, and then also falling into a certain level of depression that you didn't expect. And it's 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 bad. It, you know, it's, it's a bad way. It's a bad state to be in mentally. So we want to give you the list of ways to cope with the pain after losing a loved one. So number one, the very first way you can use to ease that type of burden, burden, accept those feelings. So if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling sad, um, if you just want to cry, then it's okay. Um, if you want to just go into your room, it's okay to just yell. It's okay to... You know, if you even if you want to rip a pillowcase open, you know, just do it. Kind of accept it because one thing you don't want to do, you don't want to bottle up that anger. You don't want to bottle up them feelings because it's going to come out later. It's going to show itself at some point in time, and it can change you in ways that you can you 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 can't you can never imagine. So that is one of. That is one of the ways that you definitely can cope with it because a lot of people, when they when they lose a loved one, they literally will isolate themselves and they would try to make it seem like everything is just fine. You know, they would make it seem like, oh, you know, it's, it's no big deal. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. But in the back of their mind, they're angry and they're feeling all these different type of emotions. Um so that's that's and I think that's one of the most important ways to cope is to just allow yourself to accept those feelings. What do you think, T? I mean, I think they're good. Um me personally, I never think anyone should destroy destroy a room. You want to yell, that's fine. You want to Punch a pillow, that's cool too. Um, but one thing you don't want to do is destroy your property. Yeah, absolutely. You don't. One of the main things you have to know 
how to release that anger. That's the main thing. So, you know, that's why I go to say yelling or if there's a pillowcase that you just want to rip through, that's fine. And she's right. Don't punch a hole through the wall or anything like that. It's a certain way you want to release that anger. Go you to want, the gym you want, or... You want healthy ways to relieve anger. Correct. Not negative ways. It's true indeed. So, you know, you have to really tell yourself, you know, what is the best way for me to release this type of anger? You know, if it's going to the gym or, you know, hitting a punching bag or even just calling a loved one or a friend or a family member and just saying, look, I just need to get this off my chest to somebody and just just ask them to just listen. Don't respond, just listen. And you just want to yell over the phone and just express your feelings, then that's fine too. You know, but don't take it to a level where you're being violent towards yourself, violent towards your belongings, and just being just violent in general, you know. Please understand that it's okay to reach out to a friend or family member so often. You don't want to bother other people because they have their own issues. They have their own problems that they're going through that you feel as though you don't want to add to it. Um, And I'm here to say that it's okay, even if it's a two two or three minute conversation. If you want to reach out to your doctor to talk to a therapist, you can also go to the gentle the gentle We have counselors and therapists who can talk to you if you feel as though you don't have anyone to talk to. But I always suggest you call family, you call friends, and you just reach out to them. You'll find that they may have been through a similar situation. Or they might be able to just cheer you up when you feel as though you're sinking into that sunken place, which is never healthy. Right. So number two, the second way to kind of get through the pain of losing a loved one, using relaxation techniques. Um. Of course, you know, you heard me in the past mention something like headspace.com to be able to meditate. But even though when you're dealing with a loved one, I don't really think meditation would be your your go-to option, even though it's okay. If you're used to meditating, then it's okay because you're able to get yourself in a mental space where it's circled with positivity and your mind is circling the good times. So you know, if you're used to meditating, go ahead. But if you're not used to meditating, then I wouldn't put that as the go-to because you don't want to start thinking about um, that loss of a loved one. I, I beg to differ. Um, meditation is not necessarily thinking about a, a loved one. It's about centering your peace and actually clearing clearing your mind. So what you're doing is that you're you're focusing on your breathing and you're focusing on pretty much nothing. You, when you focus in on your breathing, you can be counting in your head to get you back center. Um, 
And that also can be done if you're having a hard time with sleeping. When you meditate, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're bringing up or that you're thinking about a loved one. But I mean, I use that the, for me. Right. But that's the purpose of it. Because you've have you meditated before? Yes, I yeah. do it when I have a hard time right. sleeping or if I just have a lot on my mind. Right. So if you've meditated before, then you know what the objective is and know how to do it. But when you tell somebody that just that has never meditated and they just lost a loved one and you're asking them to try to clear their head and, and find a certain space in their, in their, in their mental, then it's kind of hard for them because instantly they're going to start thinking about the that loss all they're thinking about is that loss so you know that's why i say that if you've meditated before then it'll help but if you have not if you have not meditated then certain other ways you can do other things you can do to kind of relax yourself like just doing some breathing techniques you know inhale take some deep breaths and then let it out because one thing that i've researched is that when you are taking that deep breath and inhaling, then you are inhaling the good times and then you're exhaling the bad times. So, you know, you're bringing in positivity and you're releasing negativity. So take that deep breath, you know, uh, inhale, count to four, exhale, count to four and stop. I mean, those breathing techniques definitely can help you, um, kind of get through that type of pain so feel free to use that to help you get through it um number three one one thing you can do is talk about the loss um i know tiff t mentioned it before you can talk to a counselor talk to a loved one talk to somebody outside the family and talking to somebody outside the family can be can be very important because they are somebody that does not remind you of that that pain because they're dealing with it as well. So when you're talking to somebody outside the uh, the family, then you could just go ahead and just vent and really and just receive some good advice and being able to just release. Again, I kind of beg to differ with you on that, too, because I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to talk to family. Um, I'm not saying nothing wrong with it. I mean, I'm not saying don't talk to family. I'm just saying that if you have somebody outside the family who's not dealing with that same grief, then it'll probably be better for a release because they do not remind you of that. You know, you if you sit up here and you're talking to a family member and you both you both were at the same funeral, you both was, was close to that loved one, then it kind of doesn't help if both of you are crying on the phone, even though it can be therapeutic for both of you guys to release. So it's nothing wrong there. But at the same time, if you're trying not to get into a certain point where mentally you're draining yourself and you're trying not to fall into a level of depression, it'd probably be good to talk to somebody outside the family. That's why, you know, you have counselors out there or anybody, but you know, you can still talk to family members. Just, you know, if it's somebody that say on the other side of the family, like from your mom's side or somebody that's not directly affected by that loved one, 
then that's 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 cool. The fourth way that you can cope with dealing with the loss is remember the good times. Remember the good times. I think that's very important for you because it kind of distracts. So let's put it like this. You lose, say, uh, somebody very close, a mother or a father. You know, one of the good things to cope is just think about the times in the past, like the good times in the past. So, you know, when your mother used to take you to get ice cream every Friday after after school or your dad used to always take you to the the batting cages, you know, every Saturday. You know, it's okay to think about those times because when you think about those times, one of the first things you do is smile. And smiling is very important because it takes you away from the negative aspect of it, just knowing that they are gone. You know, it it triggers them type of memories and telling you, hey, you know, even though they're gone, we've had a a, a, a lifetime full of memories and you know it just smiling is so important at this time because you're spending a lot of time frowning you're spending a lot of time uh uh, uh sad with uh and just angry and just with these different negative emotions which is okay but at a certain point when you think about the good times and it's nothing like smiling from time to time because you, you know, it just it just reminds you of the times where you felt good being around them, and and you, you know, it just makes you appreciate the life you shared with them. And then also, this is one of them times where it's okay to talk to a family member, somebody that's directly affected by this loved one, because. Both of you guys can share different stories, share the good times. They may have some stories you don't know, uh, you know, about your dad or your mom or that uh, that loved one that you guys lost. And you guys can just have a good time smiling, laughing about those about those times. And, you know, it's just it's healing for your soul. Smiling and laughter is healing for your soul. So it's nothing wrong with that. I would also suggest um, if there's any type of traditions that you two had, you continue. Um, I find that a lot of times you keep their memory alive by continuing on things that you started together. If you open up a gift on Christmas Eve together, Mm -hmm. if you go to a certain park on a certain holiday, you continue to do that. If you you know, like to go shopping and you get a a Christmas ornament every year. You continue to do those things to keep their legacy alive and to remember the fun times you two shared doing certain traditions um, that you guys did have together over the years. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's, you know, just like I mentioned earlier, like if you lose a mom or dad and they used to take you to get ice cream, you know, on them Fridays after school to kick off the weekend. Um, yeah, continue that tradition with your own child, you know, and remind them that, hey, this is what your grandmother or what your grandfather used to do for me, you know, and they know where that came from. And that's a good way 
to honor their memory, which leads us into the next way to cope. Um, it's just strictly just that, honor their memory. You know, if you feel like, you know, if you feel like you want to um, just do something just to kind of continue to honor them, then do that. You know, whether it's um, donating to a charity that that directly relates to the way you lost that loved one, do that. Or even start a char- charitable function, uh, a foundation, I'm sorry. Start a charitable foundation. You know, it's 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 one of them things that can be therapeutic for you. It's nothing wrong with it. Or even if you want to, you can do it through music. You can do it through journalism. You can do it through do it through uh, painting. You know, whatever whatever way you can you can find to kind of honor their memory. Do that because honestly, that kind of ties into the good times because. Now you can be able, you were able to share with people why you're doing this and who this person was and what they meant meant to you, and then go from there. And also, you know, it's a lot, you know, it's it's many different ways you can honor honor memories. A lot of people like to name their kids after their, you know, that loved one, just to kind of honor their memory or give them that same middle name, just to honor that loved one. So, you know, don't be don't be afraid to just kind of step out there and say, I want to do this for them because this is what they did for me during their time here on this earth. It's a bunch of ways you can use to cope and get through pain. Um, But one I did want to uh, touch on is imagining their reactions. You know, after you lose someone important to you, you miss their input and their reactions. Like imagine how they would react to things that happen in your life, things people say to you or the decisions you make. Like imagine how they would respond to your sadness and sorrows. You know, just just take some time and think about how um, that time where you didn't make the the tennis the tennis team or you didn't make the basketball team or, you know, just imagine how, what they would do, what they did for you. You know, they might have gave you that pep talk and told you to never give up and just keep going, you know, and just think about that. And then that's something that you can pass down. You know, it just, it just, you got to take time and just imagine how they would be because you just never know when you're sad and you're thinking about, um, when you're sad and you're thinking about, you know, giving up on something or, you know, you fell a class, one thing that can keep you going and wanting, wanting to retake that class is just thinking about what that lost loved one would think about it. Like, say you lose your mom and you sit back and you think like, man, my mom would never want me to give up on this. She would always tell me to keep going. And then that can be your motivation to keep going. And I thought that was very important. Also think about the type of person they are. Would they want you to be down in the in the dumps about their, you know, longer their them no longer being with you? Think about the type of person that they were. Are they a party person? You know, do they want you that you 
remember their legacy in a good way? Do they want you to be down and depressed about you losing them? Or do they want you to continuously celebrate them? I think most times people don't necessarily want you to harp on them passing away, but always remember the good times and remember the type of person they are and always um, remember to have good spirits, which is positive thinking in how they were. Yeah. And, um, you know, so absolutely. So moving on to the next one that I wanted to touch on, the next one is maintaining your support system. And that's very important because, you know, if you have friends and very close friends and, and, and close family that you know you can go to as a support system, you want to maintain that. If you sit up here and you isolate yourself in a room or isolate yourself at home, you know, dealing with these different type of emotions, ignoring phone calls, ignoring texts, and, you know, pushing people away, then when you need that support system, they may not be around. So you want to maintain that because at a certain point, you just may want to express yourself. You just may want to get a lot of things off your chest. We talked earlier about, you know, wanting to take time to share share some good times or wanting to take some time and just express anger, express sadness. You know, it's going to be a time where you want to do that. And when you reach out to that, that support system, they may not be around because they tried to reach out to you before, but... You never, you know, you kind of isolated yourself from the world. So you always want to maintain that strong support system that you have. Anything on that, T? Pretty much covered that. Okay. So the last thing I want to cover, and this is the most important, the most important out of all of this is take care of yourself. You have to take care of yourself. And, you know, you may think like, wow, that just seems at this point, I just lost this loved one. And but it just seems kind of selfish at this point for me to worry about myself. No, you have to, because. Like I said, you're going to get to a point where you're going to grieve so much that you're going to fall into a, a certain level of depression that is going to take extra help to get out of. Um, so it's very important to take care of yourself. What ways you can take care of yourself? Please avoid any type of alcohol or drug abuse to um, kind of numb the pain. Suppress your emotions. Yes, you don't want to use any type of alcohol or drugs to kind of suppress those emotions. I can't stress that enough. Because at the end of the day, they're going to be there. So what are some healthy ways to um, kind of release those feelings? I mentioned in, I believe, our second and maybe the first um, podcast about taking personal time to run a bubble bath, maybe light some candles, I like to go for a walk, just kind of think, um, enjoy the weather, whether it's walking around the mall, going to a park. What else? 
having brunch with a friend. It's never good to, you know, be isolate yourself for too long. So even if it's just to get out for an hour to have brunch with a friend or go to pick flowers, go sit by a river, a lake, pond, feed the ducks. What else you have for that? Yeah, I mean, all of that is great. All of that is great and, you know, but. I guess more so make sure, just make sure you take care of your physical and emotional needs. You know, eat healthy, eat healthy foods. Don't drown yourself in bad food. Oh no. Don't eat a gallon of ice cream, a whole cake. Absolutely not. That's back to, you know, suppressing feelings to the point where when you do feel that way, you don't want to find yourself running to get a gallon of ice cream. Exactly. So, you know, and of course, it's not as bad as alcohol. I mean, it can be, but because you don't want to get yourself to a level physically that you've never been before and you don't want to get to an an unhealthy level physically. So, you know, please, you know, even though alcohol and drugs on surface may seem like the worst thing to choose, but Bad foods are out there can be just as bad. So, you know, eat healthier foods out there and please get enough sleep. Get enough sleep during these times. Um, it's I know you may it's tough. I get it. It's tough when you lose that loved one. You know, but it's very imp- imperative that you really look at yourself and you say, I have to take care of myself. I do not want to get to a certain level where I'm just not functioning at all and I'm not doing the same things that I'm able to do on a daily or what I was doing before on a daily. You don't want to get to that point, you know, and and pay attention to, to the way you groom. Don't let yourself go. You know, continue to bathe. Continue to dress yourself. You know, you want to continue to look and feel better and to, just to stay healthy. If you enjoy going to get your nails done, continue to do that. You enjoy pedicures, manicures, getting going to the barbershop, hair salon. Continue to keep those things up because those are the things that will help you feel better. Those are the things that are considered positive because, I mean, who doesn't like getting their, you know, a manicure or a pedicure? Go back to... um Doing yoga, you can pick up a yoga class. You can do, um, I attended gong meditation, which was very interesting and I thoroughly enjoy. It's a different type of meditation. You could still do guided meditation. Um, you can do that at night if you're having trouble sleeping, which I highly suggest because, I mean, you find yourself focusing on your breathing. Next thing you know, you're out. You can also pick up a Zumba class. You can pick up knitting, sewing. I mean, there's so many. You can pick up painting. There's so many healthy alternatives to just have a healthy functionality. Pretty much. There you go. This podcast is brought to you by The Gentle Caress. If you or anyone you know is struggling with their mental health or just need a listening ear, 
please check out thegentlecaress.com, offering counseling services from individual and child to relationship and family. Moms, check out our monthly mommy circles and fitness classes to get that snap back. Again, check out thegentlecaress.com. Okay, before we close out, this is very important. Um, One thing you hear us talk about in this podcast that the objective of it is to keep you from falling into depression while grieving. And one thing you have to remember, grief and depression can be very similar, but it's differences. If you have any of the following symptoms while you're grieving, it's very important to talk to a doctor or a counselor and just see if you are suffering from a form of depression. Now, here are some symptoms. And T, you could jump in at any time if you have any thoughts on them. Um, here are some symptoms to look out for if you're suffering from depression. If you if you may be suffering from depression while while you're grieving for a loved one. So fatigue, insomnia, and indecisiveness last more than a few months. Here's another one. You can never express enjoyment. So, you know, in that aspect, you want to be happy. Say you go to a... Um, your daughter's uh, recital, and you want to be excited and overly joyed, but it's just hard because of losing that loved one this past weekend. Um, you isolate yourself from your support system. We talked about that before. You know, maintain that support system. Continue to talk. You know, continue to keep them around. Answer their phone calls. You know, even if it's a short conversation, answer their phone call, let them know, hey, you appreciate them for calling. Also, you start using alcohol or drugs or alternatively increase the use of alcohol or drugs. We talked about that as well. Please, please keep that in mind. That's very important. You do not want to use those to suppress your emotions. The future looks bleak. Now, this is this is very important because now you're unsure about the outlook of your own future. This is why it's important to take care of yourself because you don't want to get to a point where you're questioning your existence. You do not want to get to that point. Also, your feelings of sadness and sorrow keep you from functioning in your daily life. You know, and T, you touched on this. You know, if you're used to going to the nail salon every week or the hair salon every two weeks, continue to do that. If you like to go to the mall every other day, continue to do that. You know, you want to continue to function your everyday life. It's very important, very important. Also, you blame yourself for the death or past wrongs. Now, you don't want to fall into a to a portion of your grieving where you start to blame yourself. You know, 
that's 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 just very important not to do. It's I mean it's easy to do because it's always something you feel like you can do better. And I feel like us as humans tend to do that. We tend to think of ways we could have done things differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's and that's correct. I mean, we talked about that with um with Pops, your dad, you know, when he passed, the first thing, like one of the first things you start thinking is what could we have done better for him when we've already felt like we've done a whole lot of interventions and, you know, trying to make his life better. But the first thing you think of is, damn, but I could have done this or I could have put more effort towards that. You know, you don't want to get to that point because that's going to really taint your mental health and you're really going to start thinking about that more and more. And it's very easy to do. I had a cousin tell me um, about my dad and what I could have done differently. And she was just like, listen, you know, he wanted to go. He did not want help and he just gave up. And when a person gets to that point where they give up and they no longer want your help or they're fighting you, it all goes back to you cannot help a person that does not want to be helped. Yeah, true indeed. True indeed. Um, you know, like I said earlier, it takes it takes two to tango. When one is not willing to tango with you, what can you do? You can't keep knocking on the door that they don't want to answer. So, and the last one I want to share with you, the last one I want to share, and then we're going to close this out, um, is that you feel your loneliest or saddest when you're with others. And that is definitely a red flag that you want to look out for because if your support system, your family, whether it's your family or friends, they invite you out to brunch. And when you find yourself with them, you just find yourself just more sad. And, you know, and now, so so you want to watch out for that red flag because it can be any type of reason why you're feeling this sad. And then now you start to get to a point where you start thinking about ways you can suppress that type of sadness or that type of anger when you're around others because you feel like, why am I feeling this way? You don't want to feel this way. And you start to thinking something's wrong with you. So please listen to these red, just think about these things and, you know, pay attention to these red flags because they're important and talk to your doctor, talk to your counselor. You know, they have ways to, test you, give you questionnaires, um, run you through a a litany of assessments to see if you are a candidate for depression. And they can just start telling you ways that you can start taking care of yourself and you can get to an end solution. So um, I will say this before we close out. A lot of times... The anniversary of their death is really hard as well. It's very important. And I know we did not touch on this, but I know a lot of times 
while you're working on yourself and you know you're grieving, you tend to renege on your progress around the anniversary. Um, and it's important for you to do something fun and active to celebrate the anniversary of their death. Because the last thing you want to do is go back to that sunken place and feel how you felt back when they first passed. Been there, done that. It's not fun. So always remember that if you know their the anniversary of their death is approaching, plan a trip, plan a nice dinner. If you have a, a husband, a wife, a best friend, a mother, brother, sister, father, whoever, go out and celebrate the fun time, celebrate the memories around the anniversary of death, because it can be hard when that time does come. And that's very, very true. And, um, and trust me. And, you know, she said, I'm a witness. She's been there. She's done that. It's always rough around that time, especially, you know, whether it's her grandmother or her father, you know, it's, it's rough around them times. So, you know, and the last thing I want to close out with, I just want to say, take time to tell your loved ones you love them because it's just very important for them to hear that. You do not want to go out on bad terms. Um, life, life is just not promised, man. You just never know when, you know, we just got done grieving the loss of Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, yeah, you had, that was rough. That, that was a rough unexpected, one. Very rough. unexpected. That if that doesn't tell you that life is just not promised, man, I don't know what does. So take some time and tell your loved ones, you love them. You know, if you have any type of bitter bitterness towards a friend or Take some time and just think, man, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Because it's people, I guarantee you, with the amount of cases that you have out here with the COVID-19, I guarantee you that it's certain people looking and they're saying, damn, you know, me and her or me and him, we really got into it. And then now I hate to see them dealing with this. So now you're feeling bad and you're on social media saying, I'm praying for my friend or pray for my friend. Like, no, take some time to just sit back and think, is that argument worth it, man? Especially now because COVID-19 is just, it's wiping people out. And if there's anything that I've learned out of this whole experience is to, if you're going to do something, do it. Don't wait. Don't sit on it. If you're thinking about buying a dress, you don't know why you need the dress, but you like a dress. Get it because you never know when you'll need it. I was, you're at Target. I was thinking about getting Milani's Easter stuff for her Easter basket. I didn't get it because I just knew I had time. Now here it is. She's so excited. And I'm like, shit, like I got to figure something out because we already had to cancel Disney. She already couldn't go to a birthday party. So these times have really proved to for you to act on things you normally wouldn't. You normally would second guess yourself with. 
Yeah. The time is now. Yeah. Celebrate your loved ones. Celebrate them, man. And, you know, and like I said, just it's not worth it. Them, them arguments, them petty arguments, it's just not worth it. So, you know, call them up and say, man, what I was tripping about before, don't, don't even worry about it. If they owe you money, and they, don't even worry about it. Your, it fir- your first thought when you give somebody money is it should be a gift. It should be a because gift. Because you never know if they're going to give it back. They may say they will, but this is how I look at it. You ask me for money. If I say yes, I obviously have it to give. If I say no, then I don't. If I give you money and I, you know, you say you give it back, I'm not necessarily looking for it. Why? Because I obviously have it. You give it back to me, bonus. But if not, that's fine. I'm not about to sit up here and argue and, you know, break up a good relationship that I have with you over money. Consider it as charity. That's how I look at it. Look, consider it as charity. You know, just say, hey, well, I have the person now, but at the same time, just remember, say, hey, you know, this is just one of them things where, you know, we're we will continue to be friends. But if it comes up where you need money from me again, just understand you ain't getting it. You can't get it because, you know, there's still other money owed. But the main thing is that friendship continues. That's the main thing. Friendship, just like any other relationship, is work. Right. Nothing in life is free. Nothing in life is easy. You have to work at everything you do, no matter what the relationship is. Exactly. So, you know, take some time. Tell tell your loved ones you love them. And, um, you know, just... It's rough. Rest in peace to everybody that has lost someone... Someone that's that has somebody in the hospital. Uh, we praying that that they get through it. Um, to our family, we're fighting with you, and we love you, honey. I love you. I love you too, honey. All right. Although we've come. Okay. Good night, y'all. To the end of the road. If you feel that you have reached a level of depression where you are currently experiencing suicidal thoughts, please call the 24-7 National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. The Lifeline offers free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention, and crisis resources for you or your loved ones and best practices for professionals.